listening to the Art of Fulfillment podcast. We interview the world's most fulfilled people to share with you the strategies, techniques, and ideas that can help you master your own art of fulfillment. Life isn't about external success. It's all about fulfillment. Or in other words, how you feel about yourself when you are by yourself. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Art of Fulfillment. I'm Joe Corsione. I'm your host. And thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode. I really appreciate it, especially for tuning into this one, because this one is such a special place in my heart. Not only because our guest today is someone who I love, someone who's my brother, someone who I connect with on a soul level, but the topics we discuss today are probably some of the most important topics I think we've ever discussed on this podcast. And... It really comes down to healing the inner traumas that are causing all the chaos in our life, that are causing all the mental anguish, that are really blocking us from fulfillment. And we all have trauma. Trauma is not just, you know, child abuse or something extreme. Childhood trauma is any adversity that we experience in childhood, which is basically every child. Every child, no matter how good you think a childhood is. And that's really the root cause of a lot of your issues that you have in your life. And Lucas, God, he, he talks about it so, so beautifully in this episode on what his approach is to healing those things are and how to heal them in yourself. And then the most amazing thing is he takes that concept and he ultimately applies it to the macro level and everything going on right now um, with all of the craziness in the world right now and the uncertainty and everything like that. I love how he applies it to that because I believe that when you heal your own traumas, it helps to heal the macro trauma as well. It really does. And uh, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to introduce Lucas to you and let him do all the talking because he dropped some absolute amazing wisdom bombs in this one. Um, so Lucas Mack is our guest today, and he is an author, speaker, and healing catalyst for people, especially men, who carry concealed trauma. And let me just tell you this right now. He helps men, but his message is equally as powerful for women. Equally. Equally. So if you're a, a woman listener, I know we have a lot of female listeners, don't just think he's going to talk all about men, 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 men. He's going to talk about you know men, women, and humanity as a whole. Through his transformative process... The Five Vulnerable Truths of Healing, he creates a safe, sacred, and deeply healing container for his clients to liberate themselves from the shackles of shame, trauma, and abuse. His mission is to give men permission to put down their armor and experience the power of vulnerability and unconditional love, initiating their healing and empowering them to live with authenticity and purpose. He is the founder and CEO of Fourth Avenue Media, executive director of Vulnerable Heroes, which is a nonprofit focused on helping men and their families heal from trauma. He is the host of the Vulnerable Hero podcast, as well as the Golden Rule Revolution podcast, the author of Everybody Has a Plan Until They Get Punched in the Face. Great title, by the way. And he has spoken globally at events, including TEDx, Microsoft, Society of Human Resources, and much, much more. After healing from his own childhood abuse, he's been devoted to freeing other high-achieving men from the trauma of the past. And let me tell you, he is damn good at it, and he's got such a powerful message behind it. So, without further ado, enjoy this amazing conversation between me and my brother, Lucas Mack.
for everyone listening to this episode right now, I was on his show last week. We had one of the most beautiful conversations I've had in recent times. And this is someone who I, I remember sending him an email saying this and telling Chris Worth, who was on the show and who connected us, that every single piece of content that this guy has put out has hit me on a deeper level than any other piece of content out there. So no pressure to you, Lucas, but I really think this is going to be one of the best <laughs> podcast interviews I think I've had in a while. Um, I think it's timely. I think it's re- relevant. I think the message that you have is one that people need to hear, and I'm excited to have you on, man. So Lucas thank Mack, you. thank Love you for coming in the Art of Fulfillment, dude. My absolute pleasure. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. That It was... Uh... That was a that was a special conversation that we had. I can't wait to I can't wait for the world to hear it. Oh, for sure, man. I can't wait either. It's gonna be awesome. And one of the things that I just loved about that conversation and you too is that you're a big proponent of healing childhood trauma yes. because you've been through your own childhood traumas. You've given a TED talk all about that, and you've basically are committing to doing men's retreats and helping other people to heal their own trauma and as you know, I'm super obsessed with that whole notion. I think it's the key to a lot of change, not just in people, but in the world. So could you give our listeners a little bit of background about, you know, your backstory, how you healed yourself and what is motivating you to heal other people today with their childhood trauma? Um, My, I grew up severely abused in, in every category Um, and I also grew up in a public house. People knew my family, people knew, um, I would, I had to, um, keep the smile, keep the veneer, keep the, the, the mask up at all times. Because if I didn't, if there was a, if there was a glitch in that matrix that something did not please the structure in my home, it would only be worse. So I grew up with this bifurcated reality. I grew up truly scared that I was going to be killed by the people closest to me and also loving those people as well. And it's a very, that's part of the confusion. And when I talk about my upbringing, I say I can summarize in two words, fear and confusion. Mm. And yet I've always loved people. I always have loved people. And I don't know. I mean, I do really know, but well, (laughs) that's contradicting. What I'm saying is I believe I was sent into that family to go through that darkness for the purpose of helping others heal. And Mm -hmm. I grew up with very masculine, macho, real tough, tough men. And, um, physically strong boxers, fighters, violent. Um, and I never felt, I'm a big guy. I'm almost 6'4", 240. I'm a big mm-hmm. guy. But even though physically it was always big, I felt like I was a little four-year-old boy even in this body. And it's taken me a lot of years to not just heal, but feel safe enough to actually be in my body. Mm. And what I mean by that is I'm really good at, um, you know, I have a, 
I have a high pain tolerance because of what I've gone through because I don't feel it and I could shoot out of my mind at any time. And, you know, I could not be there. A lot of times growing up, I saw myself being abused as like a third party observer to myself. So I'm really good at really abstract thought or uh, the concept of God and spirituality. And like, cause I can connect with outside of me, mm-hmm. but what I had a very difficult time. I didn't want to be on this earth because earth did not feel safe. Home was never safe. I ran away three times, um, you know, funny or sadly couldn't outrun the hunger. So I'd always come back mm-hmm. um, when, and, but I have learned that, that what healing is, is not only, it's not accepting past pain. It's not addressing it. It's not looking at it. It's truly integrating the innocence of our self, our purest self back into this physical body. That is our gift to this world to host our truest self so that when we're with another person, I don't have to think about what do they think about me? What, who am I? I don't have any insecurities finally coming into my body and being fully present with another person and listening and allowing them to have the permission to drop their walls and allow them to heal. Mm-hmm. And this is why in my Ted talk, I said, I, w- I went on this journey after I attempted suicide at the age of 20. And then we really was suicidal from 20 to 34 years old. And at 34 years old, I started having flashbacks and that was the first time in my life I couldn't control. I, I have a multi-million dollar business. I've been a TV reporter, a published author, keynote speaker. I, I beautiful wife, three children. On paper, it all looked perfect, but I was still suicidal. I was still um, struggling with pornography, struggling with mm. suicidal thoughts, couldn't sleep through the night grinding it out, like listening to all the, you know, those grind out videos and like, grind, you gotta get out there. And I was literally doing it, but I was killing myself mm-hmm. and I developed two autoimmune diseases. I literally was deconstruct. My body was deconstructing, forcing just like I had a high physical pain threshold. I also had a high emotional pain threshold until mm-hmm. that wall or that dam that was like suppressing all the pain could not hold it any longer. And what I tell men, tell everyone, but specifically working with a lot of guys, you cannot run your pain and it will catch up with you. And unhealed trauma, trauma, and what I say, trauma, pain, healing, all these words and, and people could hear these and like, well, I don't, you know, what does that mean? Right. What I mean is the very first time, and sometimes it's before we actually have conscious memory of, but the very first time we felt scared enough to bifurcate and leave our, our mind, our body, Mm -hmm. be it a parent that quote unquote in love struck us, be it uh, a bully that intimidated and scared us and we shrink, be it whatever form of threat, intimidation or violence is brought to us. Even if it comes in the name of quote unquote love, even though it's not loving, The minute we leave ourselves, that's trauma. And if that happens over and over and over and at different severity levels, most people think, oh, that happened in the past. I'm okay. I'm functioning. I have a job. I'm, you know, friends, I've social. But then in reality, when they're by themselves, when they're, when they're left with just their thoughts, they're 
pornography, drinking, drugs, alcohol, depression, suicide, all these things come up. So then what do we do? We don't want to look at them. We don't want to be that. That's not who we really are. So we try to outrun it. So we go out more, work out harder, read more, strive more, do all these things just to validate some semblance of I'm okay. I'm safe. I'm healed. I'm loved. I'm worthy of love. So when I say these words healed, what I'm saying to people is that if we don't heal, every time trauma entered our mind and our body, it put a chain and um, a shackle to our, our ankles. Mm-hmm. So we keep going in life thinking we're free. We keep going in life thinking, oh, I'm, I'm running, I'm jogging, I'm moving, I'm making things happen. I can go left, I can go right until that chain goes slack. Mm. And, and we have no more ability to move. And that might be in their 20s, that might be in our 30s, but eventually every pain runs out of slack. Or that's what I guess it runs out of slack and it will go tight. And then what happens? We start to look down, we start to, what's wrong? What, and, and then it's just a slow decom- decomposition. So I'm working with people to say, look, you are the light. You are the light that is not some woo woo new agey mm-hmm. esoteric thought that is a tangible knowing that you're the light and to go back into those darkest times go back into those scariest moments and liberate that little boy or liberate that little girl speak to be their hero be the savior of that child and talk to the abuser and say what you want to say protect them and that just that little action creates self-love because you had the courage and courage. You want to build self-love. Everyone listening, you want to build self-love, take more courageous acts. You cannot get love unless you do things that you are make yourself proud. Like I did that. That scared me to death. I did that. And that starts by going into those darkest moments. I was like, yeah, I faced my abuser in my mind. I, op- I kicked those doors open that I've kept shut, the, the, the sexual abuse, the, all the things that are dirty and make us feel like shame. Go in, liberate yourself. Say, I love you. You did not deserve it. You did not ask for it. It wasn't your fault. It has not made you dirty. You are still pure. Now come back into me and let's integrate and let's be whole again. So... That's what I mean when I'm saying healing. That's what I mean. And I feel like I went into that family um, structure to experience pain so that I could relate to other people and then stand for other people's healing. You know, mm-hmm. I work with guys sexually abused. I work with guys physically abused, emotionally abused, gaslit. Um, I can't tell you how many, you know, if you're raised by a narcissist, how detrimental that is to your own consciousness because it's hard to trust yourself. It's hard to know wait, what, what's real, what's not real. Wait, is my reality my reality? I remember one time I was 17 years old. I was in my room and it was quiet. I was reading. I was in high school and all of a sudden, wham, right at my door and a, a Doc Martin sandal flew through my door, punched a hole through my door and my bedroom. I come out and I was like, what happened? And, and, uh, my abuser is like, oh, I just, I meant to toss it up there. I don't know. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. And mm-hmm. I believed, I mean, I'm like somewhere I'm like, wait, you physically threw 
a sandal through my door, but you're telling me you meant to toss it up there. And after a while you start to believe what the abuser says because you don't want to challenge it because it only gets worse. So I'm a 17 year old and it wasn't until three years ago, right now I'm 38. It wasn't until three years ago. I remembered that thinking I've never thrown anything hard enough to punch through a door. Mm-hmm. How hard, how angry, how violent do you have to throw something to jam through a door? Pretty but, damn hard. Bro, it's pretty damn hard. Exactly right. But then <laughs> in my mind, but being told, oh, I just meant to talk. Oh, I guess he just meant to toss it. Or, you know, so people that have been gaslit, I understand. I mean, all these forms. And it's not to indict, and then you hear in my language, I'm not here to indict anyone. I want, all perpetrators were just hurt people that have not healed. That's all it is. Now, some perpetrators have chosen not to heal. Mm. And in that regard, I am standing for a world where they have no longer shadows to operate in or darkness to hide in, that the light exposes everything. And if they so choose not to heal, they can't operate anymore to do hurtful things to, to hurt other people. Mm-hmm. However, I would love to see a movement where victims and victors, if you will, or victimizers yes. heal together mm-hmm. because every victims hurt someone. You yes. know, we say nasty things, we hurt people. We, we think we're judgmental. That's just trauma getting expressed out. Yeah. So that's a long answer just to share with you. Like, um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey, but um, I want to see people heal, truly heal, not fluffy rhetoric, but like the most tangible, visceral, courageous liberation of souls possible. And that's to go into the darkness and realize that we are the light and increase our light. And there's no darkness anymore. Wow. Lucas, that was incredible i i will say that was absolutely incredible because you touched on so many important bases there appreciate you sharing your story and the way that you are able to perceive that as something that not just perceive but like literally use as something that is going to help other people right where most people would have that experience by default that is and just say why me i'm the victim blah 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 but you're like no this is a gift to me it's like damn that is powerful stuff and what i also love that you touched on there is because and I say this because a lot of people listening to my podcast do fall into this category is that grinding, pounding your chest, like never yeah. give up, keep yeah. grinding. Like, yeah. and I was there too, man. And, and you nailed it on the head. Like, and I spoke about this on your podcast is like, I was doing that just to validate myself. Correct. And, and it wasn't until that, um, that slack was gone and that ball and chain of trauma just yanked me back. And I think, you know, I, I just love that you brought that up because I think it's something that not only people need to hear, but it's something that the self-help community, I think, needs to be more promoting of. Because yeah. when you take it too far on like the grind, 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 I mean, this stuff's great, but like you got to heal the trauma first. If you don't heal that trauma first, nothing is going to change. And and then thirdly, the one of the things that I just love is is having hoping for a community where the healers and, and the people who have caused the pain can be one and, yes. and do the work together. Like, and it's, you know, very, it's very indicative of the opposite of what's happening right now where, yeah. you know, we're all looking for, you know, just hate like on both sides of the coin. And, and mm. it's, 
you know, it's like, oh, this person's wrong, this person's wrong, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, we're all hurt in the end of the day. And yeah. like, don't you want to just love every single human being as, as opposed to just being crash but you know it, it does get to that point like you said where some people they just don't want to be healed and you know it, it, it is what it is and so what what can we kind of do better as a humanity along with holding our traumas healing mm-hmm. our traumas that is to help get to that place and and not just from a place of you know trying to better ourselves but to really lift the collective up to operate from more love as opposed to the programming that you and I both know goes on from the macro level what are the, the things that came to mind when you asked that right away is the word sovereign mhm every single one of us on this planet is sovereign and if we do not step into our sovereignty And what is being sovereign? Being sovereign means there is no authority or rulership over a sovereign being. Mm -hmm. There is no authority that can dictate. Now, people who are hurt and wake up to their own sovereignty realize that they can manipulate others. But -hmm. people who are healthy and wake up to their sovereignty realize their opportunity is to wake others up to their own sovereignty and healing. Mm-hmm. And I think it starts, especially with uh, assume like the grinding it out crowd is masculine. There's a lot of men and look, mm-hmm. brothers listening. I cannot stress this enough. I have built the multi-million dollar business. I have been a published author. Proceeding, I've spoken. I've done, and this is not. Look at me. I'm saying, cool, got it, and doesn't it will never be enough Mm. it will never be enough those things are not the true thing in fact i would i would say once you heal you don't have to strive any longer oh i got the chills man (laughs) once you heal you can actually surrender and integrate your spiritual practice which is your truest sense i mean what is a thought right? You can't see it. You can't measure it, but it, it, it greatly impacts you. It great, what your thoughts are greatly impact you. The spiritual aspect is just the unseen that is part of us. And, and we have become siloed creatures. And one of my good buddies was um, in SEAL Team 3, a 10-year Navy SEAL mm-hmm. veteran. And um, led the largest special forces mission in U S history in 2003. And I was talking to him about the government and like, he has, he had top secrets. He had a secret security clearance, top secret security clearance, you know, and different things. I said, how, how does it work? And he said, it works in the government is that everyone works in a silo. So you can be in the same room with top level people and every person in the room might know something different than the other person. And in some degrees, that's very smart because there's no like consolidation of knowledge and power, but other ways that creates distrust. Mm-hmm. And I want to focus on the distrust part is when you think of our, when you think of yourself and gnosis, knowing yourself fit, you have your physical body, you have your emotional body and you have your spiritual body. And if those three stay bifurcated, let's face it, the grinding it out, entrepreneurship, 
like in the millions, cars, all these things, that is physical body and, and emotional body. Those mm-hmm. things, that's where those two reside. And I would say that because the emotional body has not healed, you put more into the physical body, you got to look good, you got to, you know, all these things. But the spiritual side of it is actually the encompassing of all that to, to, to hold you to be the, fir- the fullest version of you. So why I bring all this up is when you heal, you won't grind. You will actually surrender and things will come to you. Mm. I've had more opportunities, more people connected with more beautiful souls, uh, more money, more all these things when I stopped trying mm. and integrated my physical, spiritual, and emotional self, I still read, I still work hard, I still, but I'm not trying to get anything other than just express myself fully. And I have vision, I have dreams, I have goals. And those are all beautifully grounded Mm -hmm. in abundance and not scarcity, in healing and not pain in true unconditional love and not a need to validate myself because I'm lacking that love. Mm-hmm. Dude, you nailed that on the head. You nailed that on the head, not only because I can see, like every time I talk with you, I can literally feel a different kind of energy. Mm. Um, a good energy that is. Like I just, I feel, I feel the spiritual side of me is much more awakened when I talk with you. It just because I can pick up, that's your vibe. Like when you come off, like I've had many people on this podcast and obviously I'm not going to name names, but you know, you, you talk and, and then, you know, people aren't as always as they seem, I should Mm -hmm. say. Yes. But I can feel it with you. And Mm -hmm. I know it's because, you know, you're that you, you're so spiritually in tune, like you said, and why I think it's so important that you said that is because Literally, that's the same thing in my life, but I think it's the part that people miss a lot, right? Mm. And they think, oh, if I'm, you know, spiritual, I have to be religious, or if I'm spiritual, like I got to be like passive, like I'm not going to grind, I'm not going to get to where I want to be. But you just mentioned the great paradox is that when you do unlock your spirituality and heal the traumas and you stop grinding, it's going to come to you. It's the great paradox. Because if you think of this, and this gets a little bit more into the meta um, physical and the, but where does the thought of what you want come from in the first place? This is a good question to ask. How does it even, when we think of like, oh, I really like that. Where did it come from? Where did it originate? And a couple different ways it could be presented. Either A, we saw something, but then even if we saw that and be like, oh, that's cool. I would really like to have something like that. I would still say that we called that in somehow that what we see is what, you know, it's like um, confirmation bias. When you hear something or see something, you see it all the time. Yes. Um, It's same with desire. Mm -hmm. Now, when we are, when we're healed, when we're in a place of not needing and and abundance and all things come, I would say that those things that we're striving for in the reaching out, I'm going to go get that, are the same things that will come when we're at peace and calm and inviting them in and calling them in. And the difference is when we will get them, when we do get them, we will cherish them Mm. versus I got it and it 
wasn't enough to satiate something inside. So it wasn't a value and it will be the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. See, that's so, you can look at any billionaire on the, in the world, you can look at, and it's never enough. Mm-hmm. If it's all about materialism, if it's all mm. about the next, like Dan Brazilian is like a great example mm-hmm. of, he even says, you know, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast. I forget how long ago, but he was like, you know, after a while, it's like, you can have all, he has the best everything. Mm-hmm. And he was still left wanting more. Mm. That's because we get to heal. And when we get these things, we cherish them for what they are. Um, so yeah, brother, that's, I don't want to, because I think some of these guys I'm with a lot. In fact, I have more special forces operator friends. In fact, that's one of the things that's been called into my life. I have all these special operators. These guys are heroes, butt kickers, warriors uh, to the highest level, the highest performing operating level of human being. And they listen to me talk like this and at first i think they're like wait what but when i can get through to that little boy inside them that at one time just wanted to be held Mm. then they get it Mm -hmm. because the macho man is actually the weak man i want everyone to understand the macho the days of the macho man are over the macho man is the weak man Mm -hmm. but the the gentle man a gentleman, truly a gentle man is the strong man because the gentleman who has the ability to inflict that harm, inflict that pain, inflict that destruction, inflict that impact, but chooses not to and be a safe invitation for others to be in their presence is the person that we should all be striving for. Yes. But the macho tough facade veneer who can't talk about issues, who can't talk about their emotions, who can't talk about geopolitical or socioeconomic or religious or spiritual practice or will shun things. That's not strength. That's weakness. Yes. So we flip-flopped. We've reversed or we haven't. We've accepted the reversal of truth Mm -hmm. in the zeitgeist narrative of our society. And it's left us wanting. Mm. That's why 79% of all suicides in the United States prior to COVID were men. Shit, I did not know that. Yeah, 79% of all suicides in the United States are men. And suicides have been higher than any time in recorded history this past 2019. Oh my gosh. And I really believe when men heal, the world heals. Mm. Yes. Amen, brother. Amen. And it's... Like we are, we couldn't be more on the same page on this. And that's one of the reasons why I think I vibe so much with you is, and people all the time, they wonder where, you know, the term toxic masculinity and all those things come from. Right. And like, um, abuse in the household and destructive behavior. And it's, it's not because like, you know, the person is tough. It's because they're being too tough right and like they're not they're not addressing that side of them that emotional side the the little boy on the inside that is really doing it and it's so funny because like a lot of i guess it's not funny it's just i guess it's more just like 
I don't know what the word is, but what I'm going at with here is like people would say like, oh, I'm not an inner boy on the inside, right? Like I'm strong on the macho man. And it's like, that's exactly why, you know, yeah. you get yourself in these same patterns. You have to address that boy. It's one of my favorite quotes of all time. Heal the boy and the man appears, hmm. you know? That's great. That's a good yeah. one. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I just heard it like literally like a week ago. It's been like my favorite quote, like almost every day of my, yeah. my life since I've heard it, which is like seven days. But, uh, but, know, and that's why, and so I don't mean to cut you off brother. It's just when Jesus said, come to me as little children, we, that's been so misconstrued of like, what does that mean? And that what that means is the innocence of ourselves before it was stolen, stripped away, inflicted, distorted, anything, but our little child who just ran and played and, and had fun and didn't care. And time was not a construct yet. And it was just we just wanted to be around people wanted to be loved. We just wanted, we just were, we were just beings and children truly are such a gift of teaching and reminding and remembering part of just healing is remembering. Why am I here again? What is my purpose? Oh, to get back to that childlike wonder and awe before the mask, before the armor, before the scars, before the facade, before the veneer, before the fake smile and the tight jaw and all that grinded out, before all that stuff. That stuff's bullshit. And it served us. Mm -hmm. It's not that it's bad. It's just not necessary anymore. And if every guy was honest, they would say, I'm tired. Right. Fucking tired. I'm tired. I am tired. Yeah. It's exhausting carrying that armor. Yeah. It's exhausting pretending that you're okay when deep down, you know, you're anything but, and this is the opportunity for people to reach out to you to do take break method to, to mm. reach out and do the work and be around brothers, sisters, safe people that will stand lock armed with you and say, I will go to the depths with you. We will heal. It's okay. You're not alone. You can do this and we can do it together. And so that's what I'm really excited about brother is people are, this is what the awakening is. The awakening is not into something. The awakening is out of something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and could you go a little bit more into the awakening? Cause I, I love this concept and, and I really, and it's so funny because again, I don't know why I keep saying funny because it's like funny in like, not like a ha ha way, but funny is like an interesting way is yeah. that, and I get it. People are saying 2020 is like, you know, a horrible year. It's terrible. Like blah, blah, blah. Yes, true. A lot of people are dying. Yes, true. There's a lot of like hate in the world right now. Yes, true that there's a lot of, you know, bad things going on. But the way that I've interpreted it and I was on a, a mastermind call and it was like that. It was like, how do we bounce back from this 2020? And I said, mm -hmm. bounce back. I was like, 2020 has actually been like one of the best years we could ever have. Yep. And of course, people look at me like, oh, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's because it gave us a pattern interrupt. Like you said, it's like yes. coming back to that place where you start questioning, why am I here? What am I doing? And yeah. I think now more than ever, we're thrown out of our routines to get that. Plus all the things happen on the macro level, of course. But yeah. 
could you talk a little bit more about, you know, this awakening that's, that's going on right now and, you know, how can people digest it and operate it in a way where they can, you know, not only just come out of 2020, like better, but like literally change the course of their life to be more awakened as they carry out the rest of their living days. The, the term Great Awakening was coined by Benjamin Franklin. Mm. The first Great Awakening, and so some people are calling this the third Great Awakening that we're experiencing right now. I like the term the Great Awakening because it's literally the final. It's the awakening. Mm. Um, the first Great Awakening, though, happened when John Wesley and George Whitfield and people that listened to them started in London and they were the first abolitionists in London that preach against slavery. Now I'm going to give a historical timeline real quick. Cause I think this is fascinating to give context that the British empire had the most amount of slaves on earth at one time. And John, Whit John Whitfield, uh, John Wesley and George Whitfield were these, Anglican preachers that started talking about loving all people, loving th that color is beautiful, that we're all created in the image of God, that we're all one, that there is no ranking in God's eyes, that we're all beautiful. And that didn't fit the Anglican system. So John um, Wesley started his own what eventually became his own church, but it was the Methodist church. He had a methodology to live mm -hmm. in prayer. They just constantly prayed. And he said, he would say these things like, um, or an offshoot Methodist preacher said, a man who isn't praying is plain. Mm -hmm. He who is not praying is strain. And this isn't like the form of prayer of like, you know, thus saith and say these words. It's just like they believed in their life was a constant prayer to like live in the state of like constant communication. So John, Wits, John Wesley, George Whitfield ripped through Great Britain and impact generations. Literally our, the world that we live in right now is a byproduct of these men standing against the system and talking about the beauty of humanity. George Whitfield comes to the United States in fact, just another side note of American history, the reason why Indiana is called the Hoosier state, and I have so many friends from Indiana, and I ask them, why is Indiana called the Hoosier? What's a Hoosier? And they're like, I don't know what a Hoosier is. No one knows. And it's the craziest thing. No one knows that I've talked to from Indiana, and maybe any listener out there, if they're from Indiana, if they know. Hoosier is named after Harry Hoosier. Harry Hoosier was a freed slave that was in North Carolina and came across a, a field where this man was preaching to hundreds of people in a field with this booming voice, which was George Whitfield. And he's passing through the back of the field and George Whitfield calls out to the man and says, son, prepare to meet thy maker. Harry Hoosier falls to the ground, has this religious experience before God, converts to, comes to Jesus and has this Jesus moment and becomes a preacher, a Methodist preacher, and goes to Indiana and was the very first black preacher in Indiana. And he stayed and he died in Indiana. That's why Indiana Whoa. Hoosier State, named after a black preacher, Harry Hoosier. Did not know that. George Whitfield also became best friends with Benjamin Franklin. 
And Benjamin Franklin published all of George Whitfield's writings and they corresponded. They had an incredible friendship and Benjamin Franklin coined the term great awakening. He said is, he said, you could not go down the street without hearing a hymn sung from the family home. Mm-hmm. The impact that these men had of loving people, treating people like people, no color barrier. They were, they were for the women's suffrage movement. They were for, I mean, that was later on, but they were about loving people. Okay? Right. So America's philosophical understanding when the Declaration of Independence is being written is being written based off this incredible first great awakening of mm. loving people. Now, did the fruition of it always come to place? No, but this is what it was based off of. Then as, as time happens, 80 years after the American Revolution, we have the American Civil War. Mm. Now, during the American Civil War, there was a man named Charles Finney who corresponded with Lincoln during Lincoln's entire presidency. Charles Finney is responsible for the second great awakening in America, which also led to the abolition of slavery in the United States. By the way, the first great awakening led to the abolition of slavery in the Great Brit- in the British Empire mm. because William Wilberforce, who was friends with William Pitt Jr. And William Pitt Jr.'s father was prime minister of Great Britain, which we get the city Pittsburgh named after. William Pitt Jr., became prime minister and William Wilberforce. They're the leading abolitionist voices. And in 1802, I believe, or 1805, um, slavery ended in the British empire. Wow. And what's cool about it. I just got to tell you all this stuff. Sorry, everyone listening. No, this is so interesting. It's so fascinating. Why, why are things the way they are? How do we get to it? Why is Indiana called the Hoosier state? We don't even ask those questions. We don't ask those things, right? Yeah. So, William Wilberforce, who was in the parliament, who was the leading abolitionist voice and one time the only one in all of Great Britain in parliament, he grew up hearing this old preacher in this little stone church in London preach against the evils of slavery. This little preacher, this old man, was years previous a slave trader himself and was a Mm. captain of a slave ship and his father was a financier of slave trade. This man named John Newton was a slave trader and his ship sinks in the West coast of Africa. And he was saved by another slave trader. And that slave trader who was white sold John Newton, another white man to the people in West Africa. He became a slave himself in the tribe that they were selling these slaves from. He sees the evil of slavery. He, he gets sick. These, they, this other people tend him to life. He was really sick and he has a religious moment Mm. because these other Africans who he was doing horrible things, the most heinous things to treated him kindly. It broke his heart. It pierced him to the very core Mm. and he repented. He goes back to London and he stops all his business dealings and he becomes a preacher for the rest of his life. And he penned arguably one of the most famous melodies and words of all time, which was amazing grace. How sweet the sound, which saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found was blind. But now I see the second verse is twas grace that taught 
my heart to fear. Now, what is the word grace? Grace means something given that is not deserved. Mm. When he says, "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear," those Africans who treated him kindly, he didn't deserve that. Mm. But when we rise above pain and rise above particular and truly love people, it can pierce even the hardest man's heart. So John Newton is in London during the time of Wesley and Whitfield. And all this is the great awakening, this changing. And then the second great awakening leads not only to the abolition of slavery in the United States, but women's right to vote eventually and, mm -hmm. and all, these, the, all these beautiful things. However, entropy always sets in. And entropy means that order turns to disorder. This is not a mm -hmm. human lack of virtue. What this is, is a universal state that we have to constantly be aware of. Yep. And that's why being present is so important. Because when we stay in the present moment and don't future trip or get stuck in the past, but we stay in the present and take our power back, that actually overrides entropy. Yes. So the first great awakening, the American revolution takes place. Slavery is abolished in the British empire. Beautiful things take place. The declaration of independence, which literally was the first written document on planet earth that gave hope to all human beings on this planet. Mm. Then leads to, we have 80 years later, a civil war mm -hmm. to end the evils of slavery. You have the Democrat South, the very first world leader who recognized the Confederate South mm -hmm. as, a, as a sovereign body was Pope Pius, Jefferson Davis. So you have, you have the South rebelling against the United States, rejecting the notion that all men are created equal, rejecting the notion of the beauty of humanity. Okay? Then 80 years after that, we have World War II. Mm -hmm. We have, again, the narrative of evil, separate, dividing, color, particulars. And it took the American nation to, that rises back up and, and drives this. Now, I know this is simplification of history, but these are high bullet points and we can get in particulars deeper and all these things. Now we're 80 years past World War II. Here we are, another 80 years. Now this is, with all the science and all the the there's so many things look up the Schumann resonance, everyone listening, look up the Schumann re resonance. That's the scientific proof of the actual vibrations of this planet changing yes. right now. I mean, it's like, if you want scientific for those people that are hard data. So spiritually things are changing. Um, physically things are changing. Socially things are changing. And when we talk about the macro of all the narrative going on, we're being, proposition with the same narrative that 80 years ago the world was propositioned with and 80 yes. years before that the world was propositioned with and 80 years before that the world was propositioned with which was talk about particulars that divide versus the unification and beauty of the truth of what it really is that we are we share this one soul and all the matter we are all made of the same thing and it is beautiful all our differences because our differences create this beautiful mosaic of, of humanity and beauty. So the great awakening right now is spiritual because people are waking up. The old religious modalities 
don't work and serve people anymore. Mm-hmm. You watch, I, I've seen the Christian, I hope this doesn't trigger anyone, but I've seen the Christian church, quote unquote, Western Christianity get eviscerated during this time. I've seen, um, I've seen religion just fade away and people are like, because you can't congregate. So what's the point? I'm like, what am I, yeah. what am I actually giving my money to? Like, where's it going? And, right. And people are waking up to taking responsibility for themselves and connecting with, with God and asking these great questions. And then all this trauma is just revealing what's in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And I said on a podcast the other day, racism's evil unequivocally evil. However, Mm -hmm. not all evil is racism. Mm -hmm. So unless Mm -hmm. we're willing to talk about evil, staying talking about particulars doesn't solve the issue. Unless we want to talk about life matters, even saying all lives matter doesn't solve protecting black lives. Mm. Because until we can say life matters, Love matters. Light matters. These are the three L's that when we focus on them, we can then then look back at ourselves and say, where am I not? Where is there just not alignment to these things? Where am I lacking love? Where am I not? Why don't I feel light? Why do I feel depressed? And this is the time for people to heal, to people to receive love, to receive light and then not fall prey to these divisive particular rhetorics that do nothing throughout history except cause more pain and trauma. And this is the time for humanity to say once and for all, no. Yes. No. You will not divide. You will not bring your pain to me because hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. I have chosen to heal and I will be a permission for you to heal if you want to heal, but your pain cannot stay any longer damn for anyone who's ever going through a difficult time right now in this moment and i don't know if when this releases, you know i mean the world could look completely different um it probably will and <laughs> but if and and it might be very challenging for some people yeah And if that is one of you and you're still here listening, I want you to rewind what Lucas just said and re-listen to the entire thing again, especially that last part um, where you mentioned those three L's. And this is one of the reasons why I said in the beginning of the podcast, why all your content that you've been putting out recently has hit me at such a deeper level because through all the noise of what everyone's trying to say on Instagram and social media right now, I think what you have to say is literally what we are all trying at our core as human beings, as spiritual beings are really trying to go masked, unmasked from the trauma, unmasked from the programming, unmasked from the division and just back to our true spiritual sovereign humanity and love. And that's like your message, I think is what the world needs. Mm. And, and that is why, again, I'm so, was so psyched to have it. I appreciate you speaking through the great awakening and how people can look at it. And especially on that last part, and it goes back to your whole notion of questioning things, right? Because the narrative that's thrown in our face 
They want us to be divided, whether it's for profit, whether it's for power, whether it's for, there's a whole list of things, right? Yeah. I mean, we all know the media is corrupt. I mean, it's no, I mean, people, people know that, but like it goes way deeper than that. And so people, if you can just take a step back and just question those things, it's like, why am I saying this? Why am I doing this? Is this trauma? Is this programming? Like, what is this? Right. And, and align yourself with the three L's, like you said, I mean, I think that's the formula for mass healing in this new world we're about to embark on. And Lucas, man, dude, ah, I, I, I actually just had this thought too. What I think I might do for this episode is like, I might like right after this conversation ends, I might just put in our conversation from your podcast and repost Sweet. it. That's cool, man. Yeah, you got it. Cause, Absolutely. Cause what's great is, in that episode, sure, there's a lot of stuff for me, but you give so many great stuff too. And I want to make sure that the audience gets the most of you as possible. I'd love to have you on again in the future, man, for sure. Um, dude, this was just, I, I think everybody needs to listen to this podcast, especially men. Um, yeah, like what you, what you were saying about how men need to take off the armor is something that every guy on this planet needs to hear. So yeah. this, is, this was a truly special episode, brother. And before I ask my last question, where can our listeners find you? Where can they learn more about your retreats and what you have to offer and anything else you think would be of value to listeners? Because again, everyone listening, Lucas has my 1000% stamp of approval and um, he's a truly special human being. So, so where can our listeners find you? Thanks, brother. Um, for for the retreats that I lead for men, um, lucasmack.com. You can go there. There's a lot of content on there. I share a little bit more of my story. But Instagram is where I'm really posting and pushing a lot of my energy. Um, the energy on Instagram is a, is a energy of um, expansiveness right now. I've mm -hmm. really come off Facebook. I, I put content on there because I'm not – I'm still dropping love and light on that platform, but it's such a visceral, like vitriolic, um, angry space. Saying yes. people are angry. Um, but Instagram, follow me on Instagram, connect with me, DM me in, in, um, the podcast that Joe, um, is on. It's called the golden rule revolution. And, um, it's time you want to be a revolutionary in this day and age, treat people like people love people light in their life smile ask how they're doing see their sovereignty and it will bless your sovereignty oh, lucas man i love that man I, I really love that and again i encourage everybody to follow lucas his content is incredible um, I'm definitely going to be on one of your retreats in the future. No, I've, I've told you that before. I mean that man. Cause like, I, I truly believe in the work that you're doing and um, you are literally like this world is such a better place because you're on it and because you're giving and because you're doing. And um, like, if, if anyone could like literally read my energy throughout the time, like the amount of chills that I've had in this episode are I, too many to count. So <laughs> you're you're a real real incredible human being lucas and and i i already have a feeling what what the answer is going to be to this last question but i'm so looking forward to hearing your answer and that is what does fulfillment mean to you and what fulfills you in life before i even get out of bed before i even move 
I thank, I, I say the Moadani, which is a Jewish prayer in Judaism, which says, I thank you, O living and eternal King, for returning my soul with compassion and loving kindness. Mm-hmm. To not even take, I could get choked up right now, to not even take my breath, my awakening for granted, just to be so grateful to be alive. When I tried to kill myself at the age of 20 and didn't die and, and, and just be so grateful to be alive. And so fulfillment is being a husband and loving my wife and walking in this journey, truly that I've broken the cycle of, of trauma and to raise three beautiful, healthy children and live the purpose that I feel I was put on this earth to live and do, which is to bring the love of God to people, to love people, to help people. And that's the, that's fulfillment is gratitude and all those things. Oh man, that was great, man. Dude, that prayer was special. And it's, it's just so incredible. Like you are the epitome of the past doesn't, define who you are in the future and who you're going to carry on right because i know there's a lot of people with traumatic background i've seen you know in break method and i've seen it um with people who come to me it's like oh i'm, I'm destined to be an alcoholic because my parents are an alcoholic i'm destined to be a bad parent because i was because i was badly parented blah 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 but you grew up in you know a just a scary scary situation but you're not only raising a great family and being an incredible husband, but you're being a force for light and good and healing and love. And that everybody listening here, it should be a reminder that you can do it you too. Can, you can yeah. do it too. Yeah. yeah. I love it, man. So Lucas, thank you, brother. Much love to you for real. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the art of fulfillment. I really, really appreciate it. And I do not take it for granted. So to give you um, basically my thanks in in any way, shape, or form. I make myself available to you to ask questions to me, suggest show topics, or anything that you need from me. Just feel free to ask, and I'll be more than happy to help. So you can do that by going to my Instagram, at Joe Corsione, sending me a DM with your question or whatever advice you need from me or anything I can do to help, and I will be more than happy to help you in whatever way that I can because I really want to give back. We are here Tuesday through Friday now in the new rebooted format where we do two um, interviews each week. I had, to re- I had to think about it for a little bit because this is new. This is a new thing. And uh, we just got to embrace it. But two interviews in the week and then one solo cast episode and then one conversation between myself and Ryan Wilson. So look out for that each week. And I'm so, so stoked for you to be on this journey. And um, always feel free to suggest any topics or feedback because we are more than willing here because we want to give you the best experience possible. And we want to make sure that we're doing whatever we can to help you live a fulfilling life. And speaking of which, on that note, I will say, until next time, my friends, create a fulfilling life for yourself.